This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 6, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. It's been 20 years since welfare reform tightened rules on immigrants receiving benefits. The outcome has been a persistent increase in labor force participation and a decline in poverty among those affected immigrant groups. David Beer, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, discusses the data. What was the status before welfare reform in 1996 of immigrants being on welfare rolls to begin with? So legal permanent residents who were treated the same as United States citizens for welfare benefits purposes. So that's that's really other, you know, temporary visa holders, non-immigrants, guest workers were prohibited from welfare. But uh, any immigrant who's here permanently would have been treated exactly the same as a U.S. citizen. So you've looked at how immigrants have uh, made use of welfare benefits since welfare reform in 96. What changed with regard to their qualifications for welfare with the 96 reform? The 1996 Act required immigrants to have been in the country for five years before they'd be eligible for benefits. And it also required them to have a sponsor who would take uh, whatever charitable needs that they had off the uh, government. All right. So uh, you looked at some of the data on immigrants' welfare use, labor force participation, and all of that. What did you find? Well, their use of welfare declined uh, rapidly after 1996. and uh, what really we're t- trying to take a look at is how they actually did um, employment-wise, poverty-wise. Was this a negative thing or a positive thing uh, for the immigrant population? And what I found was that on pretty much every measure that I could find, they improved. So labor force participation rate, rapid increases. Before 1996, they had a lower labor force participation rate than citizens. After 1996, it uh, it surpassed uh, the native-born population. Uh, unemployment, same story. It's and it's really the the group that we're talking about isn't the naturalized uh, immigrant population. And, and the the data that you point to here, naturalized uh, Americans they track very closely with native-born Americans. That's right. So on, they, on a variety of metrics. That's right. Uh, so they didn't really, they saw a minor increase in their uh, labor force participation and a minor decrease in their unemployment rate, whereas the non-citizens, who the, the population that's going to be targeted by this welfare reform law, saw rapid increases in their rate of employment and uh, their labor force participation rate. And the consequence of this is that um, you actually saw declines in poverty among this non-citizen population. In fact, they were the only population in the United States that saw a decline in poverty from 1996 to uh, 2016. So Now, the most interesting thing that you point to, and I will link to uh, your blog post, it contains a lot of data on this. I'll link to it in the show info, uh, is that non-citizens and naturalized citizens in different years overtook native-born Americans in labor force participation and have, have stayed there. Yeah. What explains that? I assume part of that is that naturalized citizens and non-citizens are people who tend to be younger. 
That, I mean, that's certainly true. Uh, the immigrant population is is younger, um, but it was younger before 1996 too. Uh, so you have to understand that a lot of this is a reaction to the welfare law uh, requiring them to work in order to uh, have income. Really, did make a difference in their uh, employment performance. Another thing that you have to take into consideration is we really need to narrow down and look at that population that was uh, only here for less than five years. So that immigrant population is really the only ones that we should expect to see a major change in their employment status and labor force participation and all the rest if it's the consequence of the welfare reform law. And that is actually exactly what we found, is that the this population that was most targeted for uh, reductions in welfare use actually saw the greatest gains in uh, poverty reduction, uh, employment, and uh, the largest decrease in unemployment. Uh, from 1996 to the mid-2000s. So obviously, this plays into the larger picture of uh, the fiscal costs of immigration, uh, what should we do about immigrants uh, who come here. And one of the arguments for not cutting off benefits is that if we bring people here, they're going to become uh, indigent and they're going to require a lot of aid um, from the government no matter what. So there's really nothing we can do about uh, the fiscal costs of immigration except cut, you know, ending legal immigration uh, to the United States. And that's really not the case. Uh, what this data shows is that you can actually do something about the fiscal costs of immigration without ending legal immigration. And that's the position that the Cato Institute has uh, advocated for many years uh, in policy analyses. Uh, we've uh, identified areas of the law that, if reformed, uh, could even uh, have a greater impact than the 1996 law. Since the 1996 law, a variety of different um, individuals have taken a look at the fiscal costs of immigration. Uh, you know, assuming that we just continue with the same status quo, uh, the fiscal costs of immigration are roughly zero. Uh, Alex Narasta, who's a, my colleague here at Cato uh, did a survey of all of the studies on this issue, and the uh, the average for all of them was zero. Uh, it has virtually no impact legal immigration on government budgets. David Beer is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.